Hey everybody, it's me, from home. That's right, live from Studio B. It's probably going to be this way for a little while. <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, well, I woke up this morning, and um, I knew something was not right when I saw an email waiting for me. And the email was from the, the, the company that I ordered. It's N- NZXT. It's a, it's a, it's a very well-known gaming uh, computer company. And um, so I got everything customized on Z- NZXT. And they upsold me for, for not only Blitz, Blitz uh, assembly, which would cut it down the assembly process for maybe a couple of weeks to a couple of days. And then from there, one day delivery. Which, um, you know, after a few days went by, I asked them about that. They said, oh, no, no, you're, you're not going to get your, your computer until about February 4th. I said, what? I said, can I, what can I pay extra to get this here quicker? They said, oh, well, you know, you, you know, it came out to close to $200 more just to get everything, all the bells and whistles. Because I, I just need to get the, the studio up and running again. I have a very fun time at home, but I just, um, that is... That's the real crown jewel of the operation, and I have so many plans that I want to get into, put into place. But um, they said that with everything I had put into um, into place on that order, that it would be here by today. Now, I, I factored out the fact that it's the Kami holiday today, and I, uh, and I was just like, all right, well, listen, if it doesn't get here Monday, I'm not going to be too upset because it'll probably get here Tuesday. Uh, well, they said, uh, as I woke up this morning, I saw the email that said, your package is ready to ship. It's ready to ship on the morning that it was supposed to be arriving? What's going on here? So I looked into it a little bit more. I went to the tracking and all that that uh, stuff, and I, and I dug around, and it said that uh, the estimated day of delivery will be between the 20th and the 23rd. It is the 15th. A week and a half, so I, I, I'm obviously calling them up tomorrow and either correcting the record or getting my damn money back. So uh, we're going to be here for a little while longer. I'll still be going to the studio to do some work, to do some decorating, some cleaning. Uh, I'll still, I'm, you know, still able to, you know, work with everything in frame, and uh, you know, there's there's things that we can do, in the, and obviously. The show's not stopping, and we've got great, great guests coming up this week. So tonight I'm on the air because there was no reason for me to take the day off. Only thing is that I I realized that we were going to be able to do we're going to be able to do this a little bit late in the game. So at first I was like maybe I'll go live at four o'clock for a little bit of a call-in show. I said if I'm going live at four, I might as well go live at seven. So I got a couple of things here, and I'm going to uh, I'm who's this? What's going on over here? What are you doing? You want to talk to everybody? I know. What? What do you want to say? Good morning. Good morning. What else? I love you. You do? And you want to tell everybody that you hope that they have sweet dreams? I hope you have sweet dreams. And say your prayers? Say your prayers. 
<laughs> okay. Are you excited? Yeah. Let's let's change your voice. Why? Hello. Yeah, I'll say something funny. Hello. I love you. <laughs> you sound creepy now. I don't know. You don't know? No. Oh, oh well, now you sound regular. Okay, so you want... <laughs> Do you, do you like when daddy does his show at home? Uh-huh. Do you I li don't like I leave. You don't like when I leave? No. Well, I'm home. I'm going to be home for at least another couple more days. Is that okay with you? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to... Where are you going now? I'm going to take a bath. I wash my hair. Okay. And take a shower. You're going to take a shower? And what else? Scrub my hair. Scrub my hair? I'm going to go scrub my hair. Okay. I don't know what that last thing was. But uh, she's gonna, I'm going to go take a shower. She's never taken a shower in her life. She's never taken a shower in her life. She's going to love showers one day. Looks like, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> looks like I have to stay home now. Aurora. 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 Do you want? Uh, do, everybody wants you to sing them a song. Can you sing a song? Go here, sing right there. You are my shirt. Hold on, I need to figure out a different song. Well, they, I think they would love that song. Do it. That song's the best. Ready? You are my sunshine. My light is sunshine. You make me happy every day. Never know Oh, you're so good. You gotta project. You gotta say, Okay. Well, go have a good bath. Love you. See you tomorrow. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya. See you later in the morning, guys. See you later in the morning, guys. Bye. Remember, tomorrow is... um. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is Tuesday morning. You know what that means? That means that tomorrow morning we will be having ourselves uh, our coffee talk. You know, it's the it's the coffee talk Tuesday. How the hell did this get all messed up? I didn't do any of this stuff. Anyway, it's uh it's Monday. It's it's the fifteenth. It's my father's birthday. Maybe after this, I'll go and meet up with them at the diner and have a little something to eat. But we. We got together last night, and I am happy that we're all here tonight. So what are we going to do in the meantime? Well, I have a couple of articles that we can get to. The title of the show is Election Fortification Incoming. And why is it? Because they're doing it again. Again, they're doing it. Instead of Time Magazine publishing how they stole the election after the fact and making it seem like they were on some kind of a Lord of the Rings adventure. You got it. I mean, the, the, the psychological warfare is so crazy and so, I mean, they have to go out. They know that the that things that they're doing, that they have done, and the things that they must do going forward is so blatant and so naked. They know it, that they just have to come out and be proud about it. And they have to they have to sell their evil in this kind of very nonchalant way of guys, you gotta hear you gotta hear this story. 
you have no clue. I, oh, you thought the, the election was crazy? It gets even crazier. Guess what we had to do to make sure that we got to save democracy? You're going to love this. I mean, the sales pitch from the beginning. You remember they did that in Time Magazine? Well, I have the old Time Magazine article up over here with, with some of my... Uh, <laughs> some of my highlights you want to see some of my highlights it's like a wall of text i mean you can get down here you see other little things this is from back in 2020 you know there are other things that blipped away for some reason um but this up here this is the sales pitch right here these three paragraphs are incredible collection of statements that was 2020 this is 2024 and we're going to get into what just came out over the over the, the past couple of days, and uh, and away we go. I hope we take some of your calls. Of course, tonight is the uh, the night of the Iowa caucuses, and we will see what happens with um, with that out there in the sub-zero temperatures and a lot of people descending upon Iowa, and um, and we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you one thing that we'll be able to do. Tomorrow, when we go live for the 7 o'clock show, right here from Studio B, or as Casey Kakalaki has been calling it, the cockpit, I will um, I will have Rich Barris on with us in the first half of the show. So we're going to be able to uh, we're be able to get a, a post-mortem from a guy who lives and breathes this stuff, and we can ask all the questions that are going to be left to ask after we get the results of this in the morning, when we wake up in the morning or... Later on in the night, I don't know, Some, I'm sure many of you are just going to stay up to see what happens. But that's what we'll have going on tomorrow night. Rich Barris will be on, and uh, all will be, every stone will be kicked over. The real question is, what are you doing with your vote? If we're going to talk about this at all. Because the rest of the week, you know, Rich will be, gone, will be on tomorrow, because obviously there's not going to be any band practice for me. I can't do half a show here and then go to the studio for band practice. Um, but then we have Matt from Cultivate Elevate is coming back on the show on the 17th. We'll be talking about mercury and all kind of lost energy producing technologies and other good stuff. Matt's a great guy to talk about, to, to dive into the scene, the unseen. Uh, on the 18th, we've got Reverend Bill Bean is coming back, Exorcist. So that's on Thursday night. On Friday night, the 19th, I don't know what's going on. I don't, if they actually do get the the computer over here it, after I make a stink tomorrow, then maybe I'll have that to be to do on Friday night. If not, I'll just be here, and we'll find something. I have a couple of really great things to, to bring up, and we're building a lot of great topics just for call-in nights too. Uh, but next week, we got Jeff Harmon back on. Tony Merkel is coming on from the confessionals for the first time. Uh, Cody Richardson is coming on after Tony. That's the Mystery Archives. We'll be talking about Mothers of Darkness Castle and other things. Uh, Ryan Gable got in touch with me today. Said, what's going on, brother? We haven't done a show in a while. Let's do it. So you know the deep dives are coming. It's going to be good. It's going to be fantastic. And, um, yeah, so for tonight, I guess we're just going to enjoy the time we're having together that we didn't think we were going to have at all. And we'll be taking your calls. That's That's what we got. All right, so let's get into um, thanking my sponsors for the night. That is BlueMonsterPrep.com and all of our wonderful friends on the affiliates page. I have a little bit of an update here from Paige at the coffee store. She said, Frank, all 50 states plus Canada and D.C., we did it. by So by January 1st, 
a bag of, quite frankly, Elevation Blend Coffee, which I'm drinking right now. It's my first cup of the day. I, I saved it for right now. Um, all 50 states has had at least one bag sent there, including, uh, I mean, several Canadian provinces and D.C. So we did it. From between November 9th and December 31st, we sold 271 pounds of coffee. So thank you to Paige at the Coffee Revolution. And thank you everybody at home who has not only helped us, you know, put a little feather in the cap, 50 states. But I know that all of you are enjoying it. So thank you so much. And uh, keep enjoying it. Go to the affiliates page for everything. Gold, coffee, preparedness, you name it. All right. First up on the grab bag is from the Daily Mail. Did you hear that the White House got swatted? I don't know how the SWAT team got in. Then again, everybody can get in. Prank caller calls 911 to say residence was on fire and someone was trapped inside. <laughs> That's like a euphemism for uh, Kamala Harris. Just in general, there's somebody trapped inside of her. And everything else is a dumpster fire. Uh, so the, the call was made around 7 a.m. on Monday, which is today. It led fire trucks and ambulances. They swarmed the White House. And the call is suspected to be a hoax. I'll, I, don't, I don't know, but that happened. Uh, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis, who's having a lot of, a lot of problems these days, took her a little bit of time but she finally has an excuse for uh why everybody has uncovered the fact that she was uh funneling money to her uh her lover and kind of combined work and play work being being charged with going after Donald Trump and and just concocting any kind of cockamamie way of waging uh legal warfare against him and by proxy, half of America. And then, of course, the person she loves to bang. A Georgia district attorney accused of hiring her lover to prosecute former President Trump broke her silence on the controversy, saying that she and the prosecutor were targeted because they're black. They only attacked one Fulton County district attorney, Fannie Willis, on Sunday at uh, Bethel AME Church. Oh, she went to church. Went to church to preach a little bit. First thing they say, oh, she's going to play the race card now. Of course you're going to play the race card. In fact, the reason why you're DA is because of that. Is because you can do things like this, and this could be one of those firewalls that you put in front of yourself to, uh, to, to try to wiggle out of a sticky situation. But no, God, isn't it them playing the race card when they only question one? Question one what? Question one what? The comments were Willis's first time addressing the allegations publicly, but she neither confirmed nor denied the claims lobbed at her. And Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, who helped secure an indictment against a former Republican president in an election interference case. She called Wade a great friend and a great lawyer in one hell of a lay. Along with a superstar in bed but failed to mention him by name once uh, during her more than 30-minute speech. Well, because now she's in God's house. 
The pair were accused by Trump co-defendant Michael Roman of having a clandestine and improper affair when appointments were made for the 2020 election interference case. Roman, a former official on the Trump 2020 campaign, argued in court filing last week that the integrity of the case had been compromised by their alleged affair and asked that all charges against him be dropped. Yeah, well, of course, you also have the ridiculous jury. Um, so there you go. That was about a week ago, and now it's just racism. Here's something fun for you. Headline from the post-millennial, Native American man in superhero costume charged with sex abuse of homeless people in Oregon. Black Elk was charged with six counts of sex abuse in the first degree, two counts of attempted sex abuse, and 19 counts of public indecency. On January 12th, a man in Eugene, Oregon, was arrested and charged in connection with the sexual abuse of numerous homeless people. Reginald Luke Black Elk III, 29 years old, was said to have carried out the alleged crimes while wearing a unique red and black superhero costume. Of course. Of course. Would they call it unique? Are they just saying it's unique because he didn't wear like a Superman costume? Probably. We'll just leave it at that. According to the Eugene Police Department, Black Elk was charged with six counts of sex abuse in the first degree, two counts of attempted, and 19 accounts, uh, uh, counts of indecency. Black Elk's arrest came following a lengthy investigation regarding allegations that he committed sexual crimes targeting unhoused individuals. Unhoused individuals. Oh, it's been a long time since we can say vagrant or bum or homeless. Now you're just an unhoused. I have a housing deficit in my life. Targeting them while wearing a unique superhero costume that included a cape and eye mask. I'm surprised that they didn't they didn't like compliment the costume, which is actually really creative if you think about it, said the DA. The EPD has called on anyone in the community who may have encountered someone matching this description, running around in, you know, black and black and red cape and waving their willy around at everybody. If you've seen anybody like that, it may be the person they're looking for and engaged in suspicious behavior, like waving their willy, slapping homeless people, unhoused people in the face with their willy. If you see any anything that looks like a superhero just going to town on somebody that is high on fentanyl, please call the police because you might have their guy. So there you have it. That's, um, <laughs> that's that. Oh, but but it gets better or worse, depending on if you have any traveling to do and you cannot drive there in any kind of a timely fashion. Because as you know, things are getting worse and worse in the um, aviation industry, especially with diversity standards, because as we all know, diversity kills everything. Kills everything. FAA's diversity push includes focus on hiring people with, quote, severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. FAA says people with severe disabilities are the most underrepresented segment of federal workforce. I wonder why. I wonder why. You know, uh, especially federal workforce. There is no, what do you, you want to do? You want to, you want to, you want to 
so the federal workforce obviously is all funded by stolen income from people who go out there and bust their ass and create a actual product or a service or fulfill a need in society that people go out and voluntarily you know uh exchange for those people are stolen from to create federal jobs and because now uh federal workforce is very very does not have enough severely disabled people how many hundreds of thousands of jobs are we going to create so that somebody can sit there with a stamp and go with the one good limb that they have okay isn't welfare good enough uh, seriously seriously but but it, it, it's even worse than that because they're talking about they're talking about integrating this into the aviation industry the Federal Aviation Administration is actively recruiting workers who suffer severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions under a diversity and inclusion hiring initiative spelled out on the agency's website. Get rid of the agency. Get rid of the agency. Get rid of them now. Get rid of them. We don't, we don't need the FAA to make the skies work. Just like everything else, it can be dealt with. Targeting disabilities are those disabled. Uh, targeting targeted disabilities are those disabled that have the federal government as a matter of policy has identified for a uh, for special emphasis in recruiting and hiring. The FBA, the FAA's website states they include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis. Epi what is the FAA going to do with somebody who is completely paralyzed? Are they going to be a greeter? Epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. You know, I heard that Delta just hired a Native American man in a superhero costume. So watch out for that one. I've got to get some of my pilot friends on to talk about this. I've got, because, you know, obviously there's nothing here... Uh, insinuating that these people are going to be put into cockpits. I know that. But uh, it, it just, again, again, it just never ends. It's it's breathtaking. It really is. It really is. Anyway, uh, we've got that and much more to do on the other half of the opening. It's just, it's just a night to chill. So I hope you guys and gals are in for a nice little... Uh, Nice little night. I don't know if it's snowing where you are or what's coming your way, but at least for the time being, we'll keep ourselves warm. And I don't know if we'll do the full two hours, but at least we're doing something, right? All right, guys and gals, thank you so much. We will be right back. And, uh, and that is what I have for you at the moment. Hey, guys, it's me, Moonlit Matt. Are your pants off yet? Because they should be, because you're entering quite frankly. Or is he entering you? Enjoy the show. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? 
Broadcasting live from Studio B on January 15th, 2024. 24. All right. You know, this was great. Uh, I, I, I hadn't seen, I had only heard, I had only heard that Chris Christie had dropped out of the race. I had only heard that he had dropped out of the race. I knew that it wasn't going to last very long, obviously, but uh, I didn't see the actual. I didn't see the actual video of him dropping out, and this was. Um, I actually have to applaud him, for his honesty. It's fantastic. Listen to this. Hi, I'm Chris Christie, and I'm dropping out of the race because I'm a fat piece of shit, and nobody cares about me. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a nice day. <laughs> I wow. I, I'm so happy. Finally, an honest politician. An honest politician. I've never seen anything like this before. I must have watched that a couple of. Uh, <laughs> I must have watched that how many times? Just because I've never seen anything that that upstanding before. Let's 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 watch it again. Hi, I'm Chris Christie, and I'm dropping out of the race because I'm a fat piece of shit, and nobody cares about me. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a nice day. You too, Chris. You too. I, I gained a lot of respect for him. A lot of respect. Just don't know. Anyway, I'm. Uh, I'm. Ha oh, also, uh, yesterday on the the Sunday stream for the sponsors, which become a sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, because you know what. We're at 30, now we're all of a sudden we're at pretty much 33% of the way toward our goal. And like I said, 80% is when we can start opening up this show to uh, for the full two hours across all the, the things again, because then we will have been able to create our own audience-based self-funding for everything that we're doing right now. We're getting there. We really are. But yesterday during the, the Sunday stream, we started going over some of the great movies out there that everybody haven't seen in a while or they just saw again recently and they realize how amazing it all some of you brought up movies like cliffhanger which i immediately wrote down because i gotta have a night will we like to for like a two for tuesday or something like that where after the show we'll watch cliffhanger and then we'll watch cobra because it's been a long time since we've been talked about cobra we got to do cliffhanger and cobra but last night we all watched um whiplash and many of you never seen it before. And I got a lot of great emails from people like, Frank, wow, that was intense. That was amazing. Hell yes, it was. So there's that. Just wanted to say the movie the movie fun was very nice. I had something else here, too, I wanted to throw out to the audience. I don't know if, it, it'll, if it's enough to 
make uh, into a topic tonight, but I think it will be. And I got this email from somebody in the chat room um, from the Gilded. I forgot who it was, actually. I, I think I... Did I write it down? I had to have written it down. Wait. Uh, anyway, it was pretty much an email asking whether or not people have had their little bug out stories this year uh, or, or in 2020. Did anybody leave the country? Did they see what was going on in 2020 and bugged out? Oh, here it is right here. I didn't write down who it was from. It was somebody from the Gilded. Hey, Frank, I have some show ideas for you. Here's one for you. Did you bug out of the USA during the pandemic? What did you discover? What countries? What cities? What was it like? I went to Mexico. I found many places that the pandemic ignored completely. I thought it was very interesting. I don't know if we'll have enough feedback coming in to get a show like that done tonight, but you can call in uh, and you can do that. But I will, I will keep that aside and we'll try to build that one up. We did do that one story about the guy who was stranded on his boat, the Australian citizens that were stranded on their boat for like three years with a newborn and everything else. And, uh, and they, were, they were just pretty much men and women without a country, just getting by on people's good graces, fishing, uh, you know, coconuts. I don't know. But if you guys have any bug out stories like that, I'd love to know about it. I'd love to know about it because that, that sounds like it'd be awesome an awesome night of calls if we do have people in the audience that had that. All right, so now as far as everything else goes, here is what I wanted to bring up. You may have seen this over the weekend. Here's the headline from NBC. And it shouldn't be very, um, I don't know, it shouldn't be very new to you. The headline is, Fear grows that Trump will use the military in dictatorial ways if he returns to the White House. Among those being mentioned for Trump's defense secretary are Christopher Miller, who served temporarily during the administration, Michael Flynn and Mike Pompeo. So they're building up this, um, they're building up this narrative about, oh, well, there's, there's, there's this fear again that they're not going to leave. He's not going to leave. He's going to push his way through. They were already bringing up whether or not the Navy SEALs and the Marines and all that stuff would have to be used in 2020 as part of their, their uh, massaging of so many different things into us over the course of that summer of 2020. Um, number chief among them that there was no such thing as election night anymore. It was going to be at least election week. Um, that uh, and that of course that there was going to there was going to be a, a declaration of a winner from the media that then they're going to act as if they created the office of the president elect and they really really hammed that up. Uh, there was so much, they pretty much very conveniently forecasted everything that would be happening, but giving you the opposite opposing inverted reasoning as to why it happened and who was really, who was really nosing around and using, going to use all this stuff and who was behind the chaos and how they were going to use it. So that's what's going on. But NBC News, this is a, I want to defer to Zero Hedge for a little bit of the digestion just for our purposes over here. NBC News admits deep state exists to save us from Trump's return. The last time Donald Trump got within striking distance of the Oval Office in 2016, the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and various foreign accomplices invented a hoax accusing the real estate tycoon of being a secret Russian agent who would use the power of the United States to do Vladimir Putin's bidding 
which begs the question, why wouldn't Putin have just invaded Ukraine when his puppet, Trump, wouldn't have waged a proxy war? It's true. Uh, then, when Donald Trump asked Ukraine about obvious corruption by the Biden family, one of the key deep state players in this impeachment began uh, behind the scenes was none other than Mary McCord, who went from taking down Michael Flynn after the FBI set him up to helping Representative Adam Schiff to peddle a whistleblower complaint about Trump's Ukraine call. McCord is back with a new hoax to peddle, telling NBC News that the deep state is preparing for Trump's return and taking action to limit his ability to become a dictator and use the military to those ends. Here's some quotes for you. We're already starting to put together a team to think through the most damaging types of things that he, Trump, might do so that we're ready to bring lawsuits if we have to, says McCord. This is their house. This is their house. Uh, whether you like Trump or not, whether you're completely just cashed out of the whole thing, it's interesting to see it's interesting to see who defends their home and how, how they are re ready and willing to defend their home. This is a place where illegal immigrants are not allowed, all right? They don't care about you and your lower to middle income neighborhood being invaded by violent, nefarious, faceless, nameless people. Don't give a shit about that. But this is their home, and no illegal immigrant is allowed. The quotes from this fine piece of uh, yellow journalism from the NBC are simply hilarious. Here are a few that have been bulleted by Zero Hedge. Here's a quote. Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon that he would convert to the nonpartisan U.S. military. <laughs> the nonpartisan, the, uh, the, the, the people who, who head the military that, that, that have, have told the American public that they're trying to understand white rage. I want to understand the white rage, said Millie, that big overstuffed sausage of a fuck. I should have taken the night off. Uh, the U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda as he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two-century-old democracy. Not a dem yeah, I want to strangle them. Don't you want to strangle them? I wish I can strangle the newspaper. And have the author just go down. Uh, a circle of appointees. Here's a headline. Uh, 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 another quote. A circle of appointees independent of Trump's political operation steered him away from ideas that would have pushed the limits of presidential power in his last term. This usually means that he had been steered away and there were plenty of people in his way to make sure that the actual codified law was never applied. That only the norms and traditions of unconstitutional institutions reign supreme. That's it, to keep norms up. Here's another one for you. In a new term, many former officials worry that Trump would instead surround himself with loyalists, unwilling to say no. Yeah, so people who are have less and less attachment to the system, that maybe he's a, uh, uh, yeah, so that, that's just it. Snakes. They are worried that their people, their moles, won't be in his inner circle, that double agents won't be anywhere, that he might take somebody, somebody who really does not have any love for the current uh, bureaucracy and would actually want to go to war with them. And a war would mean restoration, even if it's in the slightest degree.
the slightest degree. Because again, what can we really expect from all this? He's a clear and present danger to democracy, they say again. There is no such thing as democracy. It is just a dictatorship. It's a dictatorship and a lot of psychological trauma. The psychological trauma makes you believe that you actually got what you voted for. His support is solid, and I don't think people understand what living in a dictatorship would mean. We already lived through it. You were the craziest aspect of his four years. Okay? Seriously. Even those of us who took it at all as a joke, there was the, you were the craziest aspect, the upheaval from you and your retarded minions, your violent, thrashing, retarded minions. That was the craziest aspect of the four years that started in 2016. You know? I'm sorry Meryl Streep had a really hard four years. Here's, a, here's two more co quotes for you. There, there are an array of horrors that can result from Donald Trump's unrestricted use of the Insurrection Act. The military is hundreds of thousands of people strong, and ultimately Trump will find people to follow his legal orders no matter what. The Insurrection Act is a legal order, and if he orders it, there will be military officers, especially younger men and women, who will follow that legal order. Ah, I know. I know. The country was shut down because of young men and women who followed unethical, unlawful, inhumane legal orders from you virus pushers. Oh, we know. We understand the stakes here. We understand the stakes. That's why the people who understand what really is the only way out of this is the dismantling of this power so that nobody, it's the ring of power. It's got to be thrown into the fires of Mordor. It's got to go. Otherwise, for as long as it's around, it's just going to be this, this, uh, this shootout, and we're in the middle of it all, just trying to live normal lives, normal lives. And this one might be the best, says Zero Hedge. We were about 30 seconds away from the Armageddon clock when it comes to democracy, said William Cohen, a former Republican senator from Maine and defense secretary in the Clinton administration. I think that's how close we're coming to when you have a presidential candidate who can be indicted on 91 counts. Every last one of those 91 counts, the result of the, uh, uh, the result of mental, psychological, psychopathic projections of these people. So it's just do what you do, understand exactly what you're doing, act as if, and then always just gasp at the other people and just maintain your cool. Because the more you gaslight and the more that you gasp and you clutch your pearls, everybody else around you who just becomes so frustrated with the fact that they can't fucking strangle you, they start sounding a lot more and more and more unhinged. And uh, it just goes to prove your point. That's why I really, really tip my cap to people who can keep their cool in debates. Because... Um, because when you know it's not really, a conversation's not being had in good faith and that you're just playing psycho games, I can't handle that shit. I can't. I can handle it less and less, which is why I do these, these stories less and less. But wait, the deep state cavalry is here. Now bracing for Trump's potential return, a loose-knit network of public interest groups, loose-knit, yeah, they don't, want, they don't want, want it to seem like it is just a, uh, a, uh, 
eternal order of demons. It's just loose-knit network of, you know, public interest groups and lawmakers that's quietly devising their plans to try to foil any efforts to expand presidential power, which could include pressuring the military to cater to his political needs. Part of the aim is to identify like-minded organizations and create a coalition to challenge Trump from day one. You know what would be great? You know what would be amazing? If Donald Trump won and actually started dismantling presidential power. But, you know, that you would need the, the, the Congress to go along with that. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. If he actually, if he actually started pulling all of it, closing down military bases and troops coming home and all, putting them on the southern border, uh, you know, doing I mean, the War Powers Act, having that completely just done away with all that stuff, that would be incredible. But they, they, they would never do that. They don't want those powers to go away. They just want people to be afraid of one character, one character whose time in politics is very, very close to being over one way or another. Uh, but they want that sort, that center of power to be there for future iterations of this play. So um, war clandestine NBC News just admitted the deep state exists, a network of public interest groups and law quietly devising plans. Well, yeah, and this is four years after this. That's four years after this. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. For whom? For whom? Now, here are three loaded, <laughs> three loaded paragraphs that maybe some of you remember, maybe some of you don't, but I still have my highlights, and there's more in here too. There is a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. This is what's here. It actually starts up over here. Trump said on December 2nd, within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner, even while many key states were being counted. In a way, Trump was right. Oh, it, it was. I know. It was between the corporate, the corporate sponsors, media, uh, of course, bipartisan groups. You had uh, Benjamin Netanyahu after all the water that uh, Trump carried for Israel and his... Uh, and his uh, agendas out there was like the first person on the international stage to congratulate a president-elect Biden. It, it was uh, it was just tremendous. But listen to this: there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. Writes Time Magazine, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated uh, the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests. It, everything. Inspired by the summer's mass... I mean, th that was a fear campaign. That was the, the literal fear campaign that was unleashed on people that were told to stay inside their houses and don't come out because the air was toxic, and they, just by breathing in a, in a grocery store, if you don't walk down the lines in one way, if you, if you use an aisle in a grocery store as a two-way walking, you were Al-Qaeda. You were essentially Al-Qaeda because you could be the carrier of the dirty bomb this time. 
while while we were jumping from from foot to foot trying to appease everybody, they set their 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 uh their left wing hooded mongrels out into the streets with all types of direction and all types of resources, including the resources needed to get them out of jail afterwards. Both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive, sometimes, only only sometimes, destructive racial justice protests in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. Not one Trump supporter was was setting structure fires in 2020. What the hell are you talking about? But they just have to project, be confident, and keep moving. The handshake between business and cap and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election, an extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free, fair, credible, and uncorrupted. Isn't that, isn't that sensational? Sensational. No, we, we did not want to go out there to make sure we won the election. If Donald Trump won, in fa- won fair and square, it was fine. We would deal with it. Trust us, we love democracy that much. But we wanted to make sure it was fair. It just turns out he didn't win after a couple of weeks. For more than a year, a loosely organized, there he goes, there's that, there's that loose-knit, that loose-knit, loose-knit coalition. We're so loosely knit. For more than a year, a loosely knit organization, a coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from remorseless pandemic. It wasn't a remorseless pandemic. Okay, it was a pandemic response. The virus did not shut everybody, everything down. Politicians did. An autocratically inclined president. Who would want that guy to ever win fairly? Who would even want him to ever win fairy, fairly? Every time he is described, he's an autocratically inclined president, a, a mongrel, a, 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 a braggart, this and that. Though much of this activity took place on the left, it was a separate. It was separate from the Biden campaign. Had nothing to do with the Biden campaign because there was no Biden campaign, of course. Okay, he's a reanimated corpse that they kept in a basement and they took out every once in a while and have him wobbly roll around on his bike and then every once in a while foul up some very basic script reading on television. That was uh, the campaign. Then they had a couple of cars honk for him. Though much of this activity took place on the left, it was separate from the Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines with crucial contributions by nonpartisan and conservative actors. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Bill, what's his name? What the hell's his name? Bill, uh, Bill Crystal with the, with the eyes too close together. That reptile, bipartisan, conservative. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. No, 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 no. No, it was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all, A fa- which is what we got. When we talked to Marley Hornick over here at US, you know, New York Citizens Audit, what do we talk about? 
she's not talking about whether or not Republicans or Democrats rigged one thing or another. She's saying that the state of the election of of the um of the actual election infrastructure that we have, the voter rolls, I mean she went through it all. The numbers are incredible. All she was saying is putting party politics aside, there is no way to actually discern who wins these elections. If you see what kind of what kind of a situation we're dealing with here. It was an election so calamitous. They just wanted to make sure that there was a clear winner, clear winner, and that there was no two ways about, uh, you know, gr- you know, no gripes about who may have won, that there was no confusion. And what did we get? It was nothing but confusion. It was weeks of confusion and contesting and, and, uh, and evidence ignored. Months. It went on into 2021. All it was was confusion, but they had the they had the conclusion that they wanted. They had a declaration that they can work with, and they know how to put a smile on it, act confident, act as if, and let everybody cope and seethe around them. That's it. So that so that we look like rabid jackals and and they're just, you know, surgeons. They are fucking surgeons. They really are. The scenario, so that so that's what they had. Here's the, th- I mean, th- that was just two paragraphs. Here's the third paragraph, loaded every sentence. This is all about wiping a person's brain clean and putting building blocks in there so that going forward into this new reality, 2020 was its own kind of a reset button, but now it's this new reality of that. Yeah, no, no, that horseshit of an election, that horseshit election that we just experienced. That was all on the up and up. The only thing bad about it was that that damn loser just would not accept that he lost. And thank God for these one, this wonderfully loose-knit coalition of people who just love democracy so much too, by the way. Their work touched every aspect of the election. Every aspect. Now imagine, imagine if this were, if this, uh, an equal but a mirrored piece like this were published by Breitbart. Let's say that Donald Trump won and it just didn't seem right. Something didn't seem right. Or, or let's say it seemed fine. Let's, let's, just, let's just mirror it. We have all the same kind of blind spots that they have, blah, blah, blah. Let, let's just think about that. Uh, if Breitbart published something like this, but everything was inverted, Okay, instead of they're talking about AFL CIO this or some kind of progressive um, you know, organization, they're they're dropping, I don't know, the, the the NRA or the Heritage Foundation or or the John Birch Society. Just just think about just swap out all the organizations and some of the references to the personnel that are in on this operation and keep all of the the the, the grammar. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers that, of course, locked people out and, and disallowed them from getting anywhere near to, uh, uh, you know, watching how things were actually getting on in those giant cities like Philadelphia and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time, one of the worst things that ever happened to this country. They successfully pressured social media companies to take harder line against disinformation, censorship, 
and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears, memes. They executed national public awareness campaign that, uh, that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. False claims of victory. Every election before that, we knew the victor before midnight. So they spent the entire year letting people know that the, the vote count, it's going to unfold over days and weeks, ladies and gentlemen. So let, don't, don't, don't let anybody tell you that this could be done quicker than that. We don't know how many votes we need yet. Okay, but this is all about preventing Trump, preventing Trump. Again, it's not about stopping Trump from winning. It's about making sure that this was such a clean election. If he won, fine. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. After election day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. Or, you know, what if what if Trump was seeking righteous justice? What if it was a righteous cause? Oh, no, it couldn't have been right. He's too autocratically inclined for his side to have any real gripe about what happened. No, 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 no. Let's not even go there. We're Time Magazine. The untold story of the election is that thousands of people of both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation, says Norm Eisen, a prominent lawyer and former Obama administration official who recruited Republicans and Democrats to the board of the Voter Protection Program. So you know it's good. So you know it's good. Yeah. Representatives of both left-wing parties were in on this one. Okay, the guardians of the apple cart themselves. So you know that this was a fair and very, very really, uh, this was this is fantastic. The untold story of the election is that thousands of people of both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation, the triumph being defeating Trump. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't go that far. No, no, he is Satan. And if he were to have won, democracy would have been over. But hey, if he won, we would have let it happen. Listen, that was three paragraphs. I've been talking to you here now for a half hour. Look at how loaded. This is the kind of stuff you, I mean, you need to go to school just to be able to read mainstream trash. And this is a very, very important missive, very important piece of history right here, this article, because this is a mea culpa, no doubt about it, but this is all the reasons why they had to do it. And they never allow you, they never allow anybody to come to the right conclusion, of course, or the motive. I should say the right motive. The conclusion is actually the same. They're admitting to it. The motive is different. And there's more here. There's more. I mean, that was just the setup. Because then they get into the people, the organizations, the so-called architect, this Mike uh, Podhorzer. They get it. Here, 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 here's the big one. Here's the big one. It is a story of an unprecedented, creative, and determined campaign whose success also reveals how close the nation came to disaster, re-electing Donald Trump for a final four years. Okay? It would have been over. It would have been over this year. That's how fast it would have gone by. Now, who knows what would have happened in those four years? What were they trying to prevent? It would have all been over. Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated, said Ian Rabassin, co-founder of Project Protect Democracy, a nonpartisan, no, no, no party's politics involved here. 
But it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self-executing. Oh, I know, they executed democracy big time. Two bullets to the back of the head. Now, here is the line. Here's the line that will live in infamy. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, because they want their credit. They want their credit. Okay, this is like this is like uh, Viva la Resistance with all of the uh, the FBI agents texting each other, uh, Lisa and Pete with their pillow talk. Even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries, ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. Guys, they just they said that out loud. And the only thing that supposedly neutralizes that incredible admission is that this was a well-funded cabal of people across differing ideologies, okay? If it's differing ideologies, so you know that's what held their biases in check. They don't all want the same things here. The only thing that they cared about was democracy. So let's take out that stupid little quip about ideologies, and let's read that again. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. And then here is the big line. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. (laughs) My God in heaven. Dear God in heaven, isn't it fun to look back at all this shit? It's already four years ago. It's just, it's just incredible. Here's one last thing for you before we go to break, and then I want to take all of your calls in the second half. And as far as what we're taking calls on, I don't know. I just want to know uh, what you feel about this. You know, are you voting? Who are you voting for? i asking that question tonight. I know it's very cliche generalized question but it is the 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 opening salvo of primary season with uh, with Iowa going on so just all this taken into account i just just wondering what do you think because you know the election is getting fortified again it's getting fortified again my friends and now here is a another really interesting admission 42 seconds long from Yuval Noah Harari this was clipped by Kenakoa the great he was on some some show, I don't know what show it is, but I, I saw this guy, this is the same guy that I saw um, interview Jordan Peterson. I think this is the guy that, that Ping Trip did the supercut with. Anyway, listen to what uh, Yuval Noah Harari says. I thought this was, uh, this was pretty interesting. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. He says that he, it's very likely that Trump will be elected again. That's what he says. But we'll see. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it and he says it openly. Now again, it should be clear that many of these politicians they present 
a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Everything that this guy works to undermine is the, the, the basic foundation of human life. That is from the basic building, genetic building blocks of the human being themselves to the family and the local community and that culture that is kept alive and uh, is revered in nations all over the all over the world the world economic forum the un everything that they are doing seeks to undermine that and actually it, it is a a very true dichotomy it is a uh it is a, a choice that's being made but the fact that he believes what do you think of the, the of the idea that the the reelecting of donald trump will likely be the death blow to what remains of the global order. What do you think that is? Because I know that we have a lot of uh, Trump skeptics. We know I know that, that uh, in the audience, Trump lovers, people who are neutral, people who are beyond skeptical and just think that he is uh, he's the Antichrist. I I don't care what you're where what angle you're coming from. What do you think that is all about? Yuval Noah Harari in particular. What do you think that is all about? Because we do see that there is a burgeoning wave of nationalism that is coming up. You see what, what, what Germany is trying to suppress out there with all their young German boys. Um, you see the same thing with, with a lot of the protests against the, the, uh, the, the UN climate stuff and, and uh, what have you. The climate, with like the farmers, um, to some degree, we're still seeing how it all pans out in places like Argentina, whether a Malay is, is in any way, shape, or form going to buck all of the worst, uh, you know, predictions over uh, who he is, where he comes from, and what he's really filling in for. He was the recipient of a an overwhelming majority of people's votes, so that at least shows me what people are desiring more and the desire of little people of average people of the only people that matter. That is always the biggest thing I take care. I, I take, um, I take complete notice of. So what do you think about Yuval Noah Harari? Why does he think that Trump will be the death blow to what remains of global order over the course of the next four years? If this actually happens, because again, can it happen? Uh, do you think that Joe Biden had 81 million beating hearts vote for him? I mean, whether you believe it or not, he is the one signing all the checks over there at the White House right now. They made it happen, and they barely broke a sweat. Um, they barely broke a sweat. Now they've now, uh, but but I don't. But I, that's not to say that they're not in complete like you know it's battle stations. It's not that they're just you know coasting. So I want to know what you guys and gals think. We have a whole second half, and uh, and I want to invite you over to quite frankly.tv. 
Call in, write it down, 914-200-0269. I really want to get all of you guys calling in and uh, and being a part of this tonight. Because I wasn't supposed to be on, and now here I am, and I'm happy that we did. And tomorrow we're going to have Rich Barris on to talk about everything that is going to uh, really pop off tonight in the frigid conditions over there in Iowa. So we got more in the second half. Uh, you go to quitefrankly.tv, and you can just click play or to our pilled our pilled link that I tweeted out and put on Truth and Gab and and Getter and uh, Telegram. It's all out there. Link each other if you want to. Get into the Gilded to chat. Doesn't matter where you watch. Doesn't matter where you chat. And um, and get out there with me. And also, I just like to say again, we've had a a wonderful influx of people, first time sponsors of the show. I do not spend a lot of time plugging the show for sponsorship. I've been urged over the years, Frank, do it more, do it more. And I'm just going to do it a couple of times a week. And uh, to start this one off this week, I'd just like to say again, I would love, love to have you all on as a sponsor. Uh, you can subscribe to the official, quite frankly, Gilded there too. We're going into uh, a lot of uh, a lot of big, big, wonderful moments of development now. But it's so important to uh, support independent media that you enjoy. So if this is that show that you enjoy, that you really love having a part of your week, at the bare minimum, please give this episode a thumbs up. Uh, you know, hit the Rumble like or the YouTube like, share it around, give it to friends, give it five stars on iTunes, a good review on Spotify, thumbs and all that stuff. But everything else you can find at quitefrankly.tv. There's a sponsor us page there. And for those of you who'd like to be a VIP supporter, all monthly sponsors get universal perks, including uh, exclusive access to Sunday streams, the book club, which is tomorrow, not not tonight, and quarterly giveaways, all that stuff. Um, but right now, if you want to become a sponsor, go to the subscribe star because we're we're trying to push our way over there to that funding goal for 2024, so that I don't have to jump off at the at the uh, second at the, for the second half anymore we could just leave it free flowing even though i always would prefer people go and watch on quite frankly.tv i think it's very very cozy very very indie and of course after the fact is the only place where you get extended coverage and after hours programming so uh thank you all again and i will see you see you on the flip don't go nowhere that's the wrong button that was the wrong button the rest of the show is available exclusively at pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode, get signed up, it's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv, just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over, quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Yes, yes. Okay. So you got to call in now, 914-200-0269, as we are here on a Monday night, the night of the Iowa caucuses. And I've got a couple of super chats here. Jay Britt says, hey, Frank, what a pleasant surprise. I was trying to figure out what to do from 7 to 9 tonight. Well, I don't know if I'm going to give you until 9, but I definitely wanted to give you at least an hour. Um, and there's what you have. 914-200-0269. Okay, let's see. Gold Pills. Joe M. says, God bless the Franklies. Yes, Jay Jules says, happy birthday to your dad. Love his Christmas time decorations and his joy. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. Homegoy says, make, uh, make up for my accidental unfollow click. Uh-oh, I hate those accidental unfollows. You're like, damn it. Now they're going to see me follow them again. They're going to think that something's wrong. NJSF says, we already employ psychopaths in, exec- in excess in government. Absolutely. I know. I know. I know. But uh, we, we used to at least have some competency in our uh, ranks and, you know, critical services like planes. Um, NJSF, thank you. Ranger Billy, thank you. Jesse81138, thank you. Jay Jewel, we need some play, uh, prayers in Oregon. Apocalyptic ice storm, elderly suffering, no power, one week maybe. Jeez. See, we, I, we, we, we live in this, I don't know where the hell I am over here. We live in this warm, slushy bubble where everybody around us, around us gets pelted and frozen stiff. And we get cold days, no doubt about it. We get cold, rainy, dreary days. We had a little bit of snow before, but I, nothing. Uh, 815, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Hey, who's this? I'm Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. How you been? Pretty good, Frank. Uh, am I talking to Frank? Indeed you are. What's on your mind? Election coming up. You were asking, uh, are we in? Are we out? You know, uh, myself. Am I in? Am I out? And uh, calling here from Illinois. I, I'm. I'm Mike, almost... Mike. Mike. Are you on speakerphone? No. Okay. Okay. You, you sound very far away. All right. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if it's even worth the effort. I don't think. I really think the the fortification effort will be in play again. Um, and like I said, being from Illinois, I, I'm 
on a national level, I don't think uh, for president anyway, you know, my state is totally Democrat, you know, so. But uh, I know it's one thing, the summer of love, when they, uh, I mean, in 2020, before the election, uh, all the stuff that was going on, I mean, given the uh, pandemic and and, uh, the riding in the streets, uh-huh. I mean that was command. There was command and control out there. You could even see that they had lieutenants and officers a couple street corners away, directing the violence. Like, just unbelievable. So that was all. Well, what what what's the, what state what state are you in? Illinois. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of the. And thank you for the call. I have a couple. I have a couple of thoughts on that, and I want to roll into something else. And um, it's it's one of those things where. I wonder about this. Maybe this is a better question. Maybe it's a better theme. I should say, what does victory look like? I know what local victory looks like. And I guess when you think about happiness in life, that's the greatest thing. You know, one line, uh, always come back around to, to throwing around that I know that people like Albert really loved is that, you know, in the dark ages was somebody's good old days or what was considered the Dark Ages. Remember, we did a, a show on the Dark Ages with Alaric the Barbarian. But, you know, the Dark Ages were somebody's good old days. And for as bad as history, uh, you know, for as as um, as glum a look we have looking back at, you know, one era over here, one era over there that people think has is, is been like, you know, uh, is the worst. Somebody was having a good time. Families were living happy lives. They were enjoying each other's presence and doing the best they can. And um, that's always the greatest victory. Now, when we talk about when we talk about thirty thousand foot view victories, I always wonder what that looks like because I do not believe, in any way, shape, or form, that that victory will come on the federal level. That there will be any kind of a. a a cleansing of the federal. Uh, there's nothing there to do. The, the The reason why the federal government is as bad as it is, and the reason why it has been given so much, it has seized so much power, and has then turned that power into a mandate to go out into the world and to chop up pieces of our country, give it to others, to, to uh, form unholy alliances, with international groups like the UN and you know the the World Economic Forum and any of their subsidiaries and affiliates all of that power that has been seized by our federal government is power that has been slowly abdicated and surrendered by our states by the states of this union i mean so there is nobody in i i do not believe whatsoever especially when a federal government uh, employs millions of people now when it should not be. I mean, a fr- a, the smallest of fractions of that. So it's never going to size itself down. It's never going to correct itself. And even if it did have better people working there, it is not constitutional. Even if we had a good generation of people working at all levels of the federal government, um, if they're, you know, all, all it takes is another generation or two for a bad generation to come in and suddenly... Bad people are playing with tools that should have never existed, even if they were once in the hands of good people. So when it comes to the 30,000-foot view of beating the globalists, defeating people 
like Yuval Noah Harari or Noel, whatever his name is, the Harari guy. What does that look like? What does that look like? Because I know what I know, I know what living a good life should look like. Um, by you know, getting perspective on the good things in life, that's easy. And then also one step up from that is understanding the importance of uh, local government and uh, and maybe state governments claiming a little bit more autonomy away from the federal government. But what is the big thing? How do you vanquish? It's, it's, it's more than enough of withdrawing your consent from their, their plans. It's how do you defeat the people who are willing to, to cause war and have caused wars that have killed billions of people, uh, a, a billions of people at this point collectively? What do you do with the people who are out there? It's not enough to just withdraw your consent from them. What do you do with the people who are willing to shut down planets in the name of a virus or a war, any war of the day, um, who, who, who run experiments on populations, who lie to them, who de demean them, who pit races and sexes against each other? What do you do with those people? Do you really just wait? I mean, what do you do with those people? Is, is, there, no more, is there no more such thing as just war theory? Like, what is the real, what is really, what does victory look like? I think about that all the time. Because I know what personal victory looks like and feels like. It's just being able to have some kind of autonomy in your life to enjoy your family and friends. And life is short. But, but you know, what trees are we planting in the future? And what does it look like when that tree finally blooms? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. I think about it all the time. Every time I think about it, I see a, a different timeline and I see a different way of how things can work out. And I can see the challenges, the pitfalls, but also some of the triumphs. What do you do? Especially with people who are so obviously evil, but at the same time, they have, they have presented themselves to the public in such a convincing, snake oil-like way. Like, for example, the Time Magazine article. That is a work of unimaginable evil to be able to take that huge operation and to write about it in such a glowing necessary way you need to know about what happened don't you know what happened oh well yeah oh yeah i know you have your theories about what happened but this is what really happened it's essentially everything you thought but the motive was just completely inverted dude that's evil but those people just, they should just be allowed. I, I, I don't know. I run through so many of these scenarios because, of course, it's one thing to try to solve an issue in your personal life. It's another thing to consider. It's another thing to consider a planet that is, that is completely consumed by a, a, total a totally um, new kind of conflict. That's what I want to know. 914-200-0269. And if we can't get an answer on that tonight, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, call in. I have something over here, so that's Noah Harari. Here he is again. Take a listen. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? Shortly? I think it's very likely. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow 
to what remains of the global order. Really? I'd like to know why. How is that possible? How is another four years of Trump the death blow to the, to, to the world order? How? Maybe you guys and gals have something that I can sink my teeth to, into on that one. Um, so call that up. Call up, call up, call up. Let's see. What else do we have? I think that's really it. In his closing pitch to Iowa Republicans, Trump says their votes can help him punish his enemies. Can help him punish his enemies. It's all of our enemies. It's all of our enemies, no doubt about it. So, that's all I have for you right now. Let's take a call. 916, you're on the air with Frank. What's going on? Hey, Frank. Who's this? Sorry, this is uh, Robert. I called in. Uh, here we go. I got it muted. Thank you. I uh, called in with the uh, the uh, what was it? The dream one on Friday. Oh yes. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good. As far as uh, the death blow to the the globalists from Trump, um, I think that might just be where the general population is at, and knowing that we are being. Um, systematically attacked by these deep state people, the global cabal, and people are more willing to uh, be on board for getting rid of them. So you think that, the, well, a, okay, all right. Just like an overall awareness. And you think that it would take, it would take Donald Trump would be the best way, uh, the best way for those, those people to feel, uh, you know, activated and, and, uh, and righteous in their, in their their standing up and and saying no thank you to any kind of I don't know uh, any kind of globalist cause at that point. Um, I think so. I think he again he is a great communicator and he knows how to get people on board. And as far as having the status that he would the the position that he would be holding along with other uh, global leaders, because there's a lot of, I mean, I'm sure China doesn't seem to be along with the globalist shit. They got their own thing going. Russia doesn't seem to be along with it. And you got a lot of these other big, big um, economic and uh, military states going, you know, we want to be independent. We don't want these other people coming after us. Then that could be a pretty big, I could see that being a death blow to the globalists. Well, hey, like I said, um, I, I think that that is definitely the building block for, for anything is just just having people uh, understand what's happening to them. And there is something that has happened. And thank you for the call. Is that all you want to say, sir? Oh, I got yeah. Like I said, I got a little bit of everything, so I, that's fine with me. I can get someone else in. Oh well, there's nobody else calling in. I just wanted to make sure you got all your oh. your 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 thoughts out. Um, yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, bring up something else if you'd like if you got something real quick go ahead yeah um uh back on the uh, the dream thing i actually have one that includes my sister and my wife um we were out in uh california in south lake tahoe for a friend's wedding and we were staying at um this roadway inn and when we first got there which was really weird was both uh of our smoking apparatuses broke and one of them got dropped on carpet and it just broke, which is really weird. And so later on that night, 
my sister, all of us go to sleep. We're in, we got two queen beds. My sister's in a separate bed, me and my wife in another. And I wake up, I get startled awake. I'm like, Hey, I wake up my wife. I'm like, why is Gina screaming? She's like, she's not screaming. She's asleep. I'm like, no dude, she's screaming. And I was like, I'm going to wake her up. My wife's like, no, she's fine. She's sleeping. So I wake up my sister and she wakes up in a, a scream cry. And she was saying she was asking for help and she was screaming in her dream. Ah, so you heard her from the other world. That, yeah, there was there was some type of connection there. That is nuts. Well, the, to, well, thank you for leaving us that one. That's a t- and yeah. next next time you call in, you give us volume three. Oh, actually, there's a little bit of an extension to that. Then later on, Very my good. wife heard it, and, and then my uh, same thing was happening again. My wife ended up hearing it. Okay. Well, then I guess the telepa- yeah. the telepathy is uh, is is transmitted. That's for it. sure. That, well, hey, um, I have not had anything like that happen to me before, but that is pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty easy string to follow. So that's crazy. That's for sure. The, that's the only thing. That's the, that's the only time it ever happened to you. Um, as far as uh, hearing someone else in a dream state, I'd say yes. And you guys were in close proximity for that time being, or you were all in different places? Uh, we were in the same hotel room. Oh, that's right. Hey, okay, so the proximity must have been an issue. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. There you go. A little bit of little bit of broadcasting, a little bit of receiving, all in the same room. 914-200-0269. Just saw a few more calling in. Um, and uh but back to that other that other part. If you are of the thought or, or, or again here, do you believe that there is I don't I don't I'm not looking just for diehard Trump supporters. What do you think about all this? From if you're coming from a standpoint of someone who's not really on board with Trump, maybe you were, you're not anymore, you never were, whatever it is. What do you think is uh, Harari saying? Is does Harari actually think that Trump is a threat and is once again just laying down the groundwork for any means necessary will be good to take this guy out of the situation because I, you know, that means that the the world order, which is just so great, will be preserved. I I I don't get it, especially since I, I you know, so please let me know. There's a little bit on that one there too. Four one nine, you're on the air. Who's this? Same room. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to pause the stream. <laughs> Okay, I think I no. Uh, is this Frank? Yes, it is. Go right ahead. Okay, uh, I wanted to kind of build on a little bit of what that guy was saying. Uh, I do think Trump is a major catalyst because I'm a little bit older. I remember in 2008 listening, watching Obama just go talk shit about our country. <laughs> the guy literally hates our country. He's, it came out every way possible. Like, if you watched anything he said, most, I mean, it was all, I mean, the guy hates our country. <laughs> and so, I don't know how people didn't see that. I mean, somehow they voted him in twice, but supposedly, but after seeing 2020, I don't believe our elections are on the up and up at all so i really do think yeah we gotta vote <laughs> uh 
you know, we might have this one more chance. Okay. So that maybe that, not. I mean, maybe they do something and cancel it or try to cancel. I mean, who knows? But you know, we got to show up. You can't get black pilled and be like, "Oh, fuck it, it's not worth it." Like that Illinois guy. I mean, that's just that's just. Uh, why don't you go bend over and let somebody fuck you in the ass? That's that kind. Yeah, of but, but you know that that whole thing there too is I, I'm not totally. Uh, I, I I would not be like, "Oh, you're 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 part of the problem." Me. I don't know. When, when when push comes to shove, I'll probably go and throw a vote down uh, in November. No doubt. I just I just know myself. The day will come. I'll find ten minutes in my in my day to go a couple of blocks down the road to my voting my voting uh, my polling station, and it, it'll be done with. But I I, I am I'm, I'm but I'm but, having a I'm having a hard time. I would have a hard time judging somebody. For, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying you don't fucking win if you don't even go to the game in the first place. Yeah, but is, is, so voting, is voting is voting really the biggest the, the the best way for us to play the game anymore? Is that really the best way? I I don't know. You got any better ideas? Because I mean, not showing up to the party is definitely you're going to lose. Well, what if right? this? Well, and what if this? I mean, and, and thank and thank you and uh, okay. Get, get if you have any other things you want to say, go right ahead, sir. Well, I just think we all have to be maximally involved here. Okay. To whatever extent that we can influence, whether it be local, whether it be people at work, whether it be uh, somebody you just run into at a store or restaurant, you got to be putting the truth out there as much as possible. And hopefully some of these morons catch it. And some of them aren't going to, but you know we got to pray for those. That's that's about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, no, I, I get you, and thank you for the call. What I would say is, or what I would ask for everybody else is, is voting equivalent to being maximally involved. And you know, I, especially when you have seen. When you have seen certain things, when you have seen the things that we have seen in the last couple of election cycles, starting with Trump's, you know, first midterm, okay, uh, the midterm, his first midterm in 2018, when we started seeing all of the ballot harvesting, when we saw all of Reagan County in California finally get swallowed up and never gone red again, things like that, when we just started seeing things, and then, of course, 2020, and now here we are again after 2022, and you see what bipartisan, where the bipartisanship really comes out. And, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, when you see all that, can you really even confidently say that voting is being maximally involved? Now, of course, the other thing that uh, the last caller said was totally true, uh, Wherever there is a conversation to be had, anytime that you can speak truth to power, absolutely. But I think we saw other things here too. Even though it was only going on for a couple of months, and they have since in some ways or in many ways bounced back, the the Bud Light, the Bud Light pushback was huge. It was a it was an amazing way to show how people voted with their wallets and took billion any other corporation. Or I would say many other corporations 
Maybe not all of them. There's sometimes you can just, you're big enough where you can just survive that kind of a thing. Um, th- th- that, that takes them out. That takes them out. That was huge. Now, I don't know how that applies to something like this because it's, you know, but where can human intention and human will be reinvested that actually goes and hurts the globalist order that circumvents all of their all of their agents that are managing us in DC again there's that decentralized decentralization uh goal that's that's huge but um you know I, come november I, I i know i'll go i'll go pull that lever and i'll I'll throw a vote somebody's ways, but yeah. what's it going to be? I don't know. How how much of an impact it's going to be? I don't know. You know, Rich Barris, he'll be on tomorrow night, and he'll even say that the only, and he, he knows what's up. Rich knows what's up. I think anybody out there who's honest knows what's up. But they'll tell you that the, the way that that can be overcome is that there's only a, a, a certain amount of votes. There's only a certain amount of people on the books, a certain amount of votes, and if people show up, there is less and less of a margin for any nefarious group to capitalize on to appropriate some of those unused votes and actually make something for themselves. So, uh, you know, I understand the whole idea that showing up in massive numbers, making it impossible for the votes to be stacked, that's one thing. But then there's also states like New York where it really, you know, Lee Zeldin is probably governor. He could, he could, he can probably, he may be the governor right now. We'll never know. It's just, how do you know when these, when these states, states blue and red alike are so messed up and, and just so, so crazy. So, um, there's, there's that thing. So how do you, again, how do you put real human intention to use especially when the problem is global all right let's go uh 208 you're on the air go ahead gone they left 914-200-0269 let's take a really quick break when we come back you're oh wait wait there's a couple more that came in i don't want to waste this 570 you're on the air go ahead hey frank this is shake how you doing who Shake and bake. Oh, shake. Shake and bake. How are you, man? You sound muffled. Are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I have the phone close to my face now, but hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Take the phone a little bit away from your face because you just it sounds like you're under a pillow. But go ahead. <laughs> it's good it's good to hear from you. What's on your mind? Yeah, just uh um regarding Trump and everything like that. Um and even the votes as you were talking about before you picked me up. Um I mean I'll still throw a vote his way. Um, as as discussion is being thrown away, like like how do you become maximally in, involved in <clears throat> trying to insulate yourself from these um, these creatures that you know oversee our tax budgets and everything like that? Um, yeah. I don't really have an answer to that, but um, as far as the counting of the votes, um, I am of the opinion that um, there can be a total tally. Of 400, 500 million votes for you know the popular vote, and I don't think anything would be done personally. I don't think anything would be done about it. It would because 
Um, like uh, the courts, as we saw the last election, they have no interest in touching any sort of federal executive office and pulsing votes or having votes recounted. So that's kind of where I'm at. But, you know, we're just in January here, so we'll see how things end up by the time we get to October, November. Okay. Uh, we, that's all I got. Now, listen. Okay. Well, that's and, and as you say this, um, as you say this, I just, wait, hold on. This is a, uh, this just got posted two minutes ago. AP, the Associated Press, calls a race. Trump wins the Iowa caucuses. Is that right well, now? Good. It's not right. And hold on. Wait a second. Fifth, twelfth. Wait, I want to see the up to date. Wait a second. <clears throat> Let me see. Trump. Uh, Trump starts caucus day by uh, trash talking his rival. Just give me. Hold on. Trump wins Iowa's first in the nation GOP caucuses. This was literally two minutes ago. Trump has won. Uh, lead-off presidential caucuses giving him a strong start in the race. His rivals are jostling for second place, hoping for a bump uh, heading into New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary on January 23rd. Here's the results as they are posted so far, and thank you for the call, Shake and Bake. Um, Trump, as of right now, <laughs> I don't know how much more has to get voted. I don't know how much more. But you have Donald Trump with no, no. This how much? This says zero percent of the votes counted. This can't be up to date because right now it says Donald Trump has seventy percent to Ron DeSantis's fifteen percent and Nikki Haley's eight point three percent. With Vivek Ramaswamy coming in fourth at five point eight percent. I did not see that. Is, is this up to date? Hold on. What's Rich Barris saying? Let me take a call. 208, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Frank. Hey, what's up? Well, earlier the discussion was about Trump and what's with the new world order and, and how might he affect that. And I wanted to ask you if you remember back after he got elected, they all thought she would win. They were all smug. And then he got elected, and he went on this world tour. And Charlie Freak did a video, and he went Saudi Arabia. He went to Forbidden City for the first time in 70 years of China. He went to the sumo champion in Japan. He went to India, went to see the Pope, the EU, and the Queen, all in one huge tour. And it just seemed like he held the world, sort of. And was a power. And then, uh, you know, 2020 and the impeachments and all the rest of it really bogged him down. But I think he he established something there that that they saw that they don't want to see again. Yeah. So well, that's it. You know, I, I'm with you on that on that front, especially when it comes to um, I think it goes hand in hand with the whole uh, Javier Millet uh, situation in in Argentina, I say, regardless of what you see in Millet, there there is a really good metric that can be found in um, in 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 just the people 
the outpouring, what people are are saying there, and and regardless of you know how you are going to actually act and follow through on all the words that you are that you're putting out there into into the the public space, the fact that what you put out there into the public space does matter. Um, it really does. Like I said, it's just how are you inspiring people, and what kind of a future do you create just by uh, giving people encouragement in ways that maybe they haven't had, they've been rooked of in, you know, it's just a little bit outside or dramatically opposed to the mainstream programming of society. That That's, uh, it's very, very, very valuable in itself. All right, so I can't find any big time numbers here. I'm on Rich Barris's site. And about 15 minutes ago, they say 52% of the first-time caucus goers are supporting Donald Trump. That's huge. That's first time. That's not, But that's not the official numbers. 15 minutes ago, again, Rich Barris says the first 4% vote drop in Des Moines uh, uh, County is Trump at 81%. Exit polls again. Trump takes both conservatives and non-conservatives. They will revise the shit out of these exit polls, said uh, Rich Barris. I can't wait to have Rich on tomorrow night. It's um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Any questions you have, let me know, because this is going to, uh, yeah. 519, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Frank. Hello. I can't believe I got through. This is the first time I've ever called you. I'm not following, but I'm going to, oh, okay. I don't even know how this stuff works. Well, hey, if you know how to use a phone, then you know how to get through. The real question is, will you get through? And when you do, what will you say? Okay. I'm uh, uh, Polly turned me on to you I love a couple Polly. years ago. I love her. And I'm not, I'm not into politics, but I guess thrown into it now. What I don't understand, because I lived in the States for a while, is that these guys are really aggressive, like – I, I I can't believe some of the experiences I had when I lived there, and yet nothing's happening. Your con- country's being overtaken by these immigrants, and 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 somebody's going to come and save you. What are these guys doing? Do something. I, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. I know, I know. Uh, and the the most frustrating thing. Now we can we can talk about these. Uh, we can talk about. The, the, the trafficking of people and the migrant crisis, how it's been promoted and caused and pushed and steered and all that stuff and all the implications, what the long-term implications are, everything. We can talk about that and just to be able to get our minds right and not fool ourselves about what is being done to us. But as far as, as, far as putting a stop to it or having it addressed in any meaningful way, I think the worst thing to do is to go on the internet and watch how people, it, 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 the internet is just, whether they're real people or not, hundreds of thousands of people at a time screaming it, it, uh, uh, through their keyboards, somebody do something. And what and, and what the hell does that, it's so pathetic and so frustrating. And, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know, and what can you do? What can you do? Especially so far away, um, you know, it, it, what can you do? So well, um, you plant, you keep planting the seeds. That's that's basically what I'm doing. I'm older. You're, you're in the you're in the group, and you got a child, and you gotta, we gotta go at it. And you're doing what you can do. However, the people that are calling in, if they're in, like I could just 
now I'm not gonna die on the rock I'm sta- or standing on. I'm I'm not sleeping on it. I'm standing on it. But I have a daughter too. But I mean, she's older, and I want to like I'd like her to see her life. This is this is the point. Like people have got to. I don't know. I, I I'm thinking between 20 and 50. Come on, people, get on the train and get rid of these, or or do something about this. I don't know how to do it. I don't have the answer. I get. It was kind of a like a boiling frog scenario, but now we're here, and you've watched so many people come into your country. I'm in Canada. We don't get to see all this. We don't even get. I hear more information from your country about my country than well, I do in my own country. Well, the one thing that we have over here, and thank you so much for the call. I hope you call in again soon. And uh, how long have you been watching? A couple years. And all because of Polly. Yeah, and I don't watch you at this time. That's why I'm calling in. You're 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 on air. Whereas I usually watch you later. You put me to sleep unless you piss me off, and then I got to get up. I'm frustrated. I'm pacing. It's like, geez, Frank, why'd you have to say that? Yeah, you're no. kidding. It's one thing or the no. other. I'm either putting you to sleep or or getting you pissed off. I need to find a happy <laughs> medium in there somewhere. I gotta I gotta I gotta strike a balance. I know, I know, but I just want to see see the the trucker rally. It wasn't about what they like, you know, it was about uniting and we've seen this coming. I seen communism, it's coming. Like I was stating it all in twenty twenty. Now it's not just me, but other people were going, Yeah, and but they were kinda quiet about it. I'm not quiet. So what I wanna see is you you've gotta really like this is getting late in the game with all these immigrants in your country. What's what's going on? This is they're they're pushing you over. Right. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, in, in your end, and thank you for the call. There, on your end in in uh, Canada, you've taken on quite a uh, quite a, a a large amount of Asian immigrants as well. Do you want to call them that? Transplants programs that have been set up to do this to take people from the uh, from Asia, that is the Middle East, India, Pakistan, all that. And just put them right there into Canada. I mean, it's happening to you guys as well. Uh, there's no border. You don't have a border like we do at the southern. You know, our back, our back door, if you want to call it, is wide open, and we have an international invading force that is just walking on through. Uh, yours is being done in a little bit more of a official government program sense, and the one thing that you have in Canada that we are even a little bit better on is the quality of the media that's available. Um, our, your media gets direct government funding. I mean, that's, that's something that we all learned about during, during the last couple of years that uh, you guys, so there's, there's a, a, a lot more of a formal relationship between the media and the government in there in in Canada, whereas over here it's implied. There's also money that you can you know trace back and forth, no doubt about it. But it's um, it's a little bit more obvious, but unspoken. I don't know. And we also have a very very healthy new media, uh, new media landscape that that seems to be growing. It seems to be growing, doing the best we can. Let's see here. Here's a little bit more from the Gilded. I'm getting a lot of people are giving me uh, good stuff in the Gilded. AK and uh, keep, they keep dumping in here. 
64%, 64 64.5% Donald Trump, 15.9% Ron DeSantis. I can't believe that he's even even in second place. On top of Nikki Haley at 11.7%. It's it's not possible. It's just not possible that Nikki Haley is polling over five points higher than Vivek Ramaswamy. He branded her ass. It's just not possible. Nikki Haley is six up over Vivek Ramaswamy. She was his punching bag for the last couple of months. Punching bag. She's a punching bag. She is such a joke. So it's going to be interesting to see if the, if any of this, um, if these standings flip flop at all. I know it's it can't be that much. Uh, wait, sticky. Well, hold on. Now they're throwing in some more. These the numbers keep changing. Now Nikki Haley is in second place <laughs> with seventeen point two percent. Ron DeSantis at seventeen point one. Vivek at seven point two. Trump at fifty seven point one percent. I don't know how much is reporting, um, but it's, it, I mean, Trump already has won Iowa, but it's just going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Asa Hutchinson got four votes. Good for him. 0.3%. Good for him. And Chris Christie with 0.3% as well. Good for you, you fat bastard. Who the hell is Ryan Binkley? Who the fuck is Ryan Binkley? I'm looking at this the, the, the standings over here. Who the hell is Ryan Binkley? Is he just a local Iowan who threw uh, or has he been in the race the whole time? Binkley. He's got 11 votes, 0.9% of the vote. He beat <laughs> Chris Christie and Asia Hutchinson. What the hell? So, I mean, there's that, and we'll see what else is going on. See what else is going on. Uh, 851. 851. Uh, If you want to call in with your your questions or your thoughts, go ahead. Go ahead, ladies and gents. But um, I wonder... All the DeSantis people must be. Well, I wonder what's going, what's going on with there, because I kept hearing that DeSantis really lost bad. He was he was going to just jump out. You think he's going to stay there until New Hampshire? And what happens with all the DeSantis people? I know Tracy's a DeSantis person. She never brought that up with me until we did a uh, we did a show, and it's like oh all right. Now I I don't react. Um, bitterly like some people just go to war when they hear that somebody is voting in a different way and there are lots of wars being waged right now and it but me personally i I don't know i I don't i don't doesn't it's just one of those things just like all right uh but i wonder what's going to happen with this because it's like uh how do you 
How do you go on? When you lose by over 40 points, I don't know how much this tightens up, but when you lose by over 40 points, all of them, why do you keep going on? Do you just want to see more of the country? Do you want to see New Hampshire in February? Or in, in I mean, do you want to see what New Hampshire is like in February or in late January? What Like, what is it all about? <laughs> is it, so, I don't know. We'll see. But that's all going to be shaken out real quick. 914-200-0269. You know what? Hold your calls. I think we're over for the uh, for the evening. I'm just going to sit back, relax, and uh, get some of your emails coming in. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're going to have our wonderful buddy Who's Rich Barris is on the air with us. And that'll be nice because we'll be able to get all the questions that you may have. Um, email me anything you want to know, and we'll throw it at Rich. And we'll see, um, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. All right? Well, with that being said, let me go into the Super Chats, make sure I get everything. Car Guys New England said, Trump 2024. I miss cheap groceries, cheap gas, and world peace. Joe Biden isn't even on the New Hampshire ballot. We keep seeing ads to write in Sleepy Joe. Really? I saw a Chunk, chunk Hunger was was uh, making some pretty interesting questions or questioning some things before listen to this hold on where where the hell is it it was Oren McIntyre that put it out there chunk said he said I can't believe Joe Biden is still running no one believes he can win at this point he's 19 points lower than 2020 when he barely won the electoral college you're detached from reality if you really think he's going to pull off the biggest comeback in American political history. And Oren McIntyre just simply said, it's because they're planning to cheat, Chunk. It's because they're planning to cheat. Yes. It's the only way that he won the last time. They really think that they are the majority. They, they truly think. They truly think. They have that, but um, until that, until they wake up, I mean, what are we going to do? I'm just going to live with them and their delusions. Stowe Stoop says, Frank, Frankly's Franciscan's Great Monday. That's all, fam. Enjoy the week, everyone. Great to be hearing and seeing and enjoying. Wonderful listen, as always. Thank you, my friend. Thank you to Jay Brits and Stowe Stoop and Car Guys New England. They are my super chatters on, quite frankly, superchat.com. Uh, Esther says happy 70th birthday to Papa Val, Frankie, and love and hugs to you. Thank you. Swickly says those people need forgiveness and prayer. One that ha- uh, the, the ones that have souls anyway. And Gitmo. Chai Bossom says vote in mass to overcome the cheat. Salion says glad you decided to stream tonight. Ever see the Sixth Sense video by The Real Samson on YouTube? It's about J6. I don't know if I have. I may have. I may have. Jay Jewel says, we need some prayers in Oregon. We already got that, and hopefully some prayers went out there already. Homegoy says, all it, uh, all it, was it, all IT savvy patriots should bring out intranets to their neighborhoods to counter their internet. Ah, creating intranets? It, could you Could you generate internet and tap into other internet? Like, let's say that they turn the internet off. Could you generate your own internet and still see websites 
like quite frankly TV, would it still be there? Or would it just be a totally different new kind of internet, a just a network, uh, a small private network that yeah, you have connected connectivity among devices and 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 uh, internet uh, devices and computers, which is a device, but what would be on that internet? Would it just be connectivity to other, you know, recognized devices or would you actually be able to see all of the websites that's on the public internet that we know today? Only you're the provider of your, I, I would love to know more of that stuff. Uh, Dark Heart Hemi says, Art Bell did an interview in 1993 with a guy who investigated possible election fraud going back uh, to the late the book was called vote scam i have not read it although the interview is still available uh i think it was later than 93 i know who you're talking about we played that episode that coast to coast on quite frankly dot tv one night where the hold on a second art bell election i'm just gonna put election fraud in what the hell is his name Philadelphia Experiment, listen to Classic Art Bell, Antichrist called the show, Amityville, Atlantis, hold on, Art Bell voting, 20-year prediction, no, the coming cataclysm, Antichrist and time travelers, oh, it was in here somewhere. I, and I've had it on more than once or twice because it was so good. Damn. Where the hell could it be? Anyway, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for that. I know that we put it out there before. I Art Bell voting rigged elections. Let's try that one more time with you guys. Coast to coast. Nah. Well, I'll, I'll find it somewhere. And we'll put that back up because it was a really good one. It really was. But thank you guys and gals so much. Uh, thank you for all the gold pills and the super chats. I appreciate it. I'm releasing that scratching right now. And I wish nothing but the best for you for the rest of the night. Uh, try to get some sleep because the election results are going to be waiting for you in the morning and we're going to have one of the best in the business on with us tomorrow night. Okay? And yeah, go become a sponsor wherever you can. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all and much love to you and yours. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Car Guys New England, Jay Brits, and Stostube, and our wonderful cavalcade, a whole cavalry of gold pillars who have made my night. And I'll see you tomorrow night, seven o'clock. It's been a pleasure, or maybe tomorrow for coffee. I'll see you then. Take care.